Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Hi there. And we're on the road to Picard, but for the first time, we're taking a detour to the Delta Quadrant, and we're going to be looking at Voyager. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say I'm a much bigger fan of Voyager <laughs> than you are. <laughs> yeah, probably fair. I mean, I don't... I, people think I hate Voyager. I don't hate Voyager. <laughs> I just think it's comparatively quite weak. Yeah, I, I enjoy Voyager. I think it's yeah, some, I, some fun episodes. Yeah, I, I enjoy many of them. I just, I just think it was... Because DS9 were running at the same same time. And it, yeah, DS9 had established... Um, Continuous storytelling, massive story arcs, and yeah, and I think a lot of us were open. Well, Voyager had the great premise, didn't it? For this, yeah, that was it. They they spent so much time building everything up, like they they did TNG episodes setting up the Mackie, and yeah, then then loads of DS9 setting up the whole concept and yeah. everything, and then yeah, I think it's fair to say Voyager had some uh, massive missed opportunities. Yeah, it had so much potential in that first episode, but just about everything's wrapped up, and yeah. But then you've got to kind of take it on its own merits, and it does just become, you know, it's it's trying to hit the same notes as next gen, really. Yeah, um, like where we'd had big story arcs in DS9, Voyager's very much returned to Monster of the Week, yeah. Star Trek. And that's, you know, not a bad thing. And, it you know, it was, I believe, if you look at the viewers and things, it was more popular than DS9 in that regard. So Yeah, it, it's a it, funny one. It fulfilled what they wanted it to do at the time and everything. So the reason we're looking at it on the road to Picard is because Seven of Nine, who was introduced at the start of Voyager Season 4, we've seen in both the Picard trailers. Yeah, now. we think she's going to have quite a big... Well, quite an important role in the Picard story. Or we'd hope so when you get to see her so much. Yeah, I mean, it's if she doesn't, it's a bit of a con that they've... they've well, it's a red herring and not and making us think one thing and doing another yeah. completely. Which they do do with trailers at taps. Yeah, it's a bit naughty, though. Yeah. If, if that is what they've done. But I don't think they have, because we we saw the one scene where she's talking to Picard, but then there's an action scene with her as yeah, well. Yeah, it looks so. like she's going to be so in a few different yeah. places. So. so it would imply that she's taking some sort of big role. So with that in mind, and because we've been looking at the Borg episodes and Next Gen, we've, we've jumped forward to look at the end of Season 3, start of Season 4, the Scorpion two-parter in Voyager. And this was... The Borg had appeared once in Voyager before, well, twice technically, so they're, they're right at the end of one episode, and it's like, oh god, the Borg. But then, you only literally see a dead Borg yeah, body. Yeah, so I don't think we'll count that as a Borg no. episode. And then they do Unity. And which, Unity's sort of like, they're separated from the Borg, so it isn't... It's, it isn't yeah. what we'd expect of what we've seen previously of the no, Borg. No, th- this was the first proper the Borg are back. Yeah. And they're going to be a villain or yeah. an antagonist at least in Voyager. Yeah, so. I was I was looking at this and I I was quite amazed that this is in the whole of Star Trek only the ninth proper Borg story. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like we said when we were talking about them in DS. Uh, sorry, Next Gen that they did use them sparingly. Yeah, so and... they only had six stories in Next Gen, one movie, um, First Contact. Unity, which wasn't the proper bargain, and then Scorpion. And now we're in, yeah. 
And I remember it being a big thing, like, because this was... This will have been the first Voyager that aired without DS9. Would that be right? Uh, season 4 will have been, I think. Season 4, so this will be... Well, yeah, the end of Season 3 will have, I think... Will have coincided, coincided with, with Season 7. Yeah. So this is like Voyager stepping out on its own and yeah. establishing sort of a new dynamic and everything. And I remember... Obviously, DS9 never featured the Borg, so we'd not seen them since First Contact, so there was a lot of excitement. Yeah, um, well, before First Contact 96? Yeah. So, with four years, because this was 2000, was Scorpion. Yeah, so it's it was a big thing, bringing the Borg in. Um, we're going to look at it, sort of, the first episode and second episode separately, mainly because we don't get Seven of Nine until the second episode. Well, so. the last minutes of the first episode. Is it? I thought yeah. it was right. Okay. I think it's, yeah, I'm quite sure it's the last minutes. Okay. And so, either way, we need to, that's why we've split it, so that we're, we're looking at Voyager sort of before and after her introduction, really. The story then in part one... We start off with, it's a great teaser, you start with the Borg ships, we see two cubes, which I think is maybe the first time we've seen more than one cube yeah, at the def- same yeah, time. Yeah, it it's always only been one cube. So we've got two cubes, and then straight away we see them get destroyed. Yeah, they, they give the normal uh, message, we are the Borg, resistance is futile, the next minute um, they get shot, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. And that's, that's a really good teaser it's, it's a very cool. short teaser as well maybe 30 seconds yeah if that. that and this is something um weirdly enough they call this uh type of storytelling they call it the wharf effect and this comes from next gen in that what they do if they wanted to show sort of how powerful a new enemy was they'd have them beat wharf up and right. so they, they named sort of the trope after that right. but you see it in lots of other things like recently in um, Avengers Infinity War they show how how hard Thanos is because he, the first thing you see him do is destroy the Hulk in a fight Yeah, and straight away you know this is someone to be reckoned with and I think that's what they're doing here the Borg turn up and then there's this new threat that just straight away obliterates them and you know that they mean business kind of thing so then, when we get to the show proper, then we we have a probe that picks up signs of Borg activities. They work out that there's a way through Borg space. Yeah, they call it the Northwest Passage. Northwest, which sounds a little bit weird, maybe a bit risque. I don't. Know. Uh, well, they say that it's, they've detected, like they're heading into Borg space, yeah. and it's so many thousand light years across and. Yeah, but there's this narrow... There's no way around it if they want to get home. And yeah. they, but there's a narrow, pass, narrow stretch of space that there's no Borg activity whatsoever. And this does throw up a question that I know a lot of people raised at the time of Voyager. And because the Star Trek galaxy, I don't think there's accurate like charts of exactly where everything is. I've seen numerous different ones. Yeah. But there was always a question of why didn't they go to the Gamma Quadrant wormhole and use that to get back rather than going to the Alpha Quadrant? Like, would it have been shorter to get to the wormhole? Um... But I don't, I don't think there's a definitive answer because I don't think anybody's mapped it accurately enough. I've got a feeling that the de- 
delta quadrant and the gamma quadrant and are on opposite sides of the alpha and beta quadrant right where okay. the general star trek saw his state place okay so yeah so i think you'd have to go to get to the gamma quadrant wormhole from the delta quadrant you'd have to cross right through the beta and alpha quadrant oh, anyway okay. to get to the <laughs> right we'll let that one go then but um i suppose though <clears throat> You know, they're worried about encountering the bog, but they'd have just found the Dominion in the middle of a war. Yeah. So it probably wouldn't have worked out either way. But, yeah, and then we've got this thing with Kez, who's having visions of dead bog and the destruction of Voyager. And eventually Voyager stumbles upon the bog Armada, which has been destroyed. And we get the first introduction to the new well, alien ship. Well, they have it... First of all, um, they're going to Red Alert. Oh, yeah, they go past them. And it's like they? Harry Kim goes um, uh, picking up a bar cube at approaching us at so much. Two, four, oh, five, yeah. 15. <laughs> yeah, and as we said, you know, we'd not seen two before. Yeah, this, and suddenly you've got a fleet of bog cubes. Yeah. Like one of them stopped, soon past Voyager. Yeah, One of them stops, scans them, and then just shoots off again. They don't even wait to... And yeah, I suppose it's that thing of the bog. They don't see them as a threat, so they move on kind yeah. of thing. And at the minute, they're more scared of what we find out is um, Species 8472. And Harry gets whatever you want to call it. He gets this yeah. growth thing attached yeah, to him. Yeah, they go over and investigate this d- disabled bog ship. And basically, the problem that arises from all of this is the reason there's no Borg activity in the passage is because Species 8472 are there. <laughs> so now they've got the even bigger problem of, well, yeah. we can avoid the Borg, but we'd have to Eight, go through... 8472 are even more powerful yeah. than the Borg. And this leads to Janeway having the idea to make a deal with the Borg. And we yeah. get we get what I think is a pretty good cliffhanger, well, but... Yeah, like, we have Harry Kim, who's been, like, from this 8472, when it stung him, he's got all this yeah, yeah. stuff eating his body and taking him over. And the doctor comes up with a tweet- treatment using Borg Nano yeah. probes. Yeah, and we get a good sort of explanation of the how the Borg assimilate, because we, we'd seen the tubules, the first yeah. time we see them's in first contact, and... They spend a bit of time here to sort of dig into that and tell us kind of exactly what's going on, yeah. how the, the yeah, viruses the non- work. Yeah, the probes go in. The first thing they assimilate is the blood. And... Yeah, so I like that we're getting a little bit more about how the bog work and everything yeah. through this. And it's nice that, like, first contact after Next Generation, obviously with it being a movie, they spent a lot of money on bog makeup. And bog effects to look a lot meaner than they did in Next Generation. Yeah, they look... And Voyager has carried that on using them, yeah, Borg. They, they play up sort of like the zombie sort of element of them. Where yeah. When we got them in Next Gen, they were very pale and... They were almost just uh, had white face... Well, grey face yeah. paint. That was pretty much it. Whereas now it's... They look more... Well, more like zombies, I suppose. Yeah. And also, one of the things that they started doing in First Contact was having species other than human who were shown as Borg and we get that carried over in Voyager which and is good. I suppose you have to have that in Voyager because they're in the Delta Quadrant. Yeah so there's going to be very few yeah. actual humans or there are a lot of races that look suspiciously like humans though but this was explained in a next gen episode. It was yeah, yeah that's uh, always been the case. Yes let's not go to that episode anytime soon. 
Oh, is that the chase? I like the chase. Yeah, but the explanation at the end is really... Mm. <laughs> and then there's all conspiracy theories of that because it's the same actress who plays the female changeling and they're like, oh, is this the founders? Yeah. And I don't think it is. But anyway, yeah, we'll, we won't get to that one just yet. But yeah, so I think the, the cliffhanger's really good. You've got Janeway on the Borg ship. Yeah. 8472 turn up and basically make a Death Star and blow up the planet and the Borg ship yonks Voyager out of the way yeah. and we get the to be continued and everything and I think that's a pretty good yeah and I think we get the first time this is like it's not the first cliffhanger because we had um, basics yeah, they did season basic. 2 to season 3 and Voyager are actually very good at cliffhanger episodes yeah I think they the, are they seem to have nailed it much better than TNG ever did. Yeah, and what the, what they are good at is the second half not being a big letdown. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. That the yeah, I think Voyager do do that. It does seem like they've thought out what's going to happen next, next instead half. of sort of like, oh, it's half term, new people next year, they can <laughs> pick up the go. pieces. <laughs> and I think this one is very much an attempt to do for Voyager what Best of Both Worlds did for TNG, you know. It's no coincidence it's season three and we've got a bog cliffhanger at the end. Yeah, and DS9's and coming to an end. And there's nothing wrong with doing that, you know. it's We knew that the bog had to be a threat in Voyager and... As I say, at least initially, there was a lot of anticipation for it. Yeah. It was expected that it was going to do some really interesting things. And, you know, we might get on to what happens with the bog later on at some point. But certainly in this episode, I think they're really effective. I think they're very effective. I think the solution's very effective. I think it it makes sense. They're not... They don't suddenly become um, just another monster of the week, which no, happens later in Voyager. It does, unfortunately, but yeah, they're, they're good here. So, we usually look at characters a little bit, and we're going to mainly focus on Seven of Nine, but I thought it might be worth having a look at Chakotay and Janeway, because they get a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I'm still hoping episode. that... I'm still hoping that um, Janeway may actually have a cameo in Picard. I wouldn't be surprised, like, yeah. She was... As um, production was beginning... Uh, Janeway was in an in well, Catherine was in an interview. Yeah, and she'd had her hair done and everything, and she looked very much like Janeway again. Yeah. and it's and it sort of had this suspicion in me all the time. I know we've been shown another admiral yeah. talking to Picard, but it wouldn't surprise me at some point if she has a little cameo. It wouldn't me, especially considering it's a Borg episode and. Obviously, Picard's got all the history with them, but technically, Janeway has encountered them more. Janeway, yeah. And she's had a better success rate with them than anybody else yeah. we've ever seen in Star Trek. So, it would make a lot of sense. So, I mean, what we get at Janeway here, like, the, there's a scene where she's researching the bog and she's doing it by going through the previous logs. Which makes sense. It does, yeah. I'm looking at what previous captains have experienced... And you get these scenes with Chakotay where she's showing a lot of affection towards him. Yeah. This was sort of a thing that they never sort of fully went for, did they? No, you saw it a couple of times. It was teased for that. There could yeah. be a relationship with I mean, between these one, two. It when might, they get locked, trapped on a planet, yeah, they both got and a, dis- a, a, a That disease. might be the episode immediately before this one, if I remember it's right. It's not far before this. And, yeah, and then they have a little monkey or something yeah. that makes her a bath and... And and it just sort of fizzles out. Well, the... that was 
there was a lot of things unspoken there about how close to got on that planet and yes and sort of well we won't speak about it again and we're back to normal almost so which is kind of the voyager mantra for yeah so i think i think shikoti was there slipping a one on the planet (laughs) (laughs) and the she does have a bit where they do have a consideration of should we just give up and live out the rest of our time in the Delta Quadrant? Yeah. And I think that's a good dilemma for him to be looking at. It is. It's And it's a tri- real dilemma. Like, when we saw the Borg fighting the Federation, it was best of both worlds. Mm. And they basically took out the fleet, one cube. Yeah, yeah. On its own. First contact, another Borg cube was pretty much taking out the fleet on its own. Yeah. It was only Picard's knowledge from being Locutus that they were actually able yeah. to defeat it. And now they're suddenly faced, not just with a cube, but they're talking thousands of systems. I mean, yeah, they talk about... Billion, billions, if not trillions yeah, of it's, Borg. It's, it's the heart of Borg space they're yeah. passing through now, yeah. And, again, this is one... I mean... It does make you wonder, surely they'd have discussed this before at some point. I suppose they kind of do. There's that episode 37's where they say if anyone wants to stay on the planet. And it's one... There's a lot of stuff in Voyager that Ronald D. Moore worked on that he'd later go on to explore much more in Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. You see, in Battlestar Galactica, you get the bit where they do settle on New Caprica. They give up, we're not going to find Earth, we're going to just stay here and hide from the Cylons. And in Battlestar, they had the luxury of spending quite a few episodes of this is what it'd be like if we lived there. But it's nice that we get that dilemma and we see that the two senior officers Yeah, you almost get a, you it. almost get an impression that Ronald D. Moore would have liked to have done some of the things that he did get to do in Battlestar yeah. in Voyager. Because it had the potential of... It is very much the same premise. One ship on yeah. its own, travelling across... <laughs> and I think the most sort of glaring example of that is the Equinox two-parter where they meet the other ship. Yeah. And how they're solving the problem yeah, of getting and, home. and Ronald D. Moore was quite outspoken on that one, saying, you know, we needed to incorporate a bit more, and we needed to look at the repercussions of it, and we needed to really dig into it, but we had to wrap it up in two episodes, yeah. and then flash forward a few years, and he does the Pegasus arc in Battlestar Galactica, yeah. and you're like, right, that's, that's what, what he wanted, wanted to, to do. do. Yeah. And it, it is interesting, but I like some of the stuff we get from Janeway, like the... She has a thing, she's still pushing on despite the setbacks they've had, and she makes a point of saying, I want to keep the crew safe from fear. Yeah. And so there's and a lot. To come so far and just give up. And yeah. There's a lot about her that's very admirable. And um, the, it's good how she's sort of the only captain that we've got that comes from a science background, because you get all this thing about. Well, the Borg just assimilate, but we don't. We investigate, and that's why we can have an advantage over yeah. them. And that leads to why they're able to work out what's going on with Species 8472. Though, on the more sort of negative side with Janeway, I think when Chakotay disagrees with the plan to sort of forge an alliance with the Borg, 
she seems to take it really personally. Yeah, it's like, why are you disagreeing with me? You yeah. will do what I say. And the thing is, Chakotay's not saying I'm not going to follow your orders, and he's not saying I'm going to undermine you in front of the crew or anything. He's just voicing his concern, which is what a first, a first officer, officer should, should do. Should do, absolutely. But she just... Maybe you're right. Maybe they do have more of a history than we yeah. knew, and maybe that's why she takes it. I also think. Yeah, I think there was there was a a physical a, a physical relationship when they were trapped on that planet. Because you get the impression that they were there for yeah probably a couple of months. I think that episode is meant to be. Yes, it's a weird one. So then Voyager comes back for him again. Yeah, it's yeah because they were getting to the point of out of. Um, communication range and communication range is pretty damn far away for yeah it is uh, yeah definitely so, so you get the impression that they were there and he built like baths and stuff you don't just build a, all this stuff out of wood no chopping down the trees in a matter of days that's true actually it's yeah. a pretty good job if yeah so i'm i'm thinking they were there for a few months Probably. that episode was so looking at Chakotay then, now I've just complimented him on being a good first officer, but there are things he do he does that I don't think he does very well. Like, there's a bit where he says to Janeway that she's not eaten in a day, but he doesn't do anything about it. And then if you contrast that with Riker in Best of Both Worlds, where he says you're all too tired. Yeah, he puts his foot you down. You dismiss. Yeah. And again, that maybe it's the thing though of Rikers doing it to subordinates, whereas Chakotay. No, no. Chakotay's looking at the captain, but you would yeah, imagine that Riker would have. Like he points out, neither of us have slept for two days. You haven't eaten as far as I'm aware. Yeah. You need some rest and food for what we're facing. Yeah. He's aware that that this is a, a genuine problem, but like to be fair, she does say I agree in the. De- adjourn but he, like surely he should take her to the mess hall and yeah, sit down be... and eat with her yeah and then he knows that even if after he leaves her she doesn't get any rest at least at he knows least... that she's got fuel in her body that's it exactly it's, you know, and that's what you'd expect from a first officer and again maybe this is tapping into the the more romantic side of the relationship but Chicote butters her up far too much. He says that she does a good Picard impression. She now, really I, doesn't. No, but I thought this. I thought that was quite funny. Where he goes, she's doing a passable impression of the two captains. Yeah, I thought that, and and you can't it's, hear. She's not doing a great. You can hear she's mm, using the inflections that they use. Yeah, which is what he means. Mm, I think he's just buttering her up. I don't. I don't think. It, if she did a prank phone call on like, someone and went, yeah, she's trying like, to be fair though, like we know that he'd been Starfleet at some point, but I don't, I'm not sure what rank he'd held in Starfleet. I think it's Commander, isn't it? Because that's why he gets Commander. Yeah, well, it was Captain with the Marquis that they took over. True, and she needed yeah. the first officer, and I think that's how she integrated the crew. Maybe so, yeah. And I don't think he's held that rank previously. Maybe not. And maybe I don't not. think he's worked up to that rank. Yeah. So I, I think this is why you probably get weaknesses with him. Yeah, and and again, that that's and, not me criticising Voyager as well, but there's nothing wrong with having... And, and like, Chakotay was badly done to because, allegedly, uh, CBS, who they got in for how an uh, Indian should oh, be, the was, great... yeah, was actually a Mexican, and he pulled a massive con on them. Yeah, he called himself, <laughs> like, Great Chief Symbol or something. Yeah, and, and CBS believed him, and he came out with all this stupid mythology... That Shakota uses. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, and 
and I mean, and we get, and it's all just made up by a Mexican, <laughs> and we get a bit of that in this episode. I mean, I don't th- the, the the scorpion and the fox story. It, to my knowledge, is not specifically a Native American myth. It's no, it's, it's, it's like an Aesop's fable, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah. been around forever. Yeah, but the scene where he tells it is just awful, and it. Usually I say it's not the person's acting, but you know what? It might well be Robert Beltran's acting. Yeah. He's he's an interesting guy. He He's made it clear in the years since Voyager ended that he was not a fan of the role and he was not a fan of Star Trek. And yeah, he was... which makes you wonder why you... When, like, when you... Like, this is the fourth series of Star Trek that we're on now. Yeah. And so we've got... By the time Voyager started, Voyager started season five of DS9. Uh, roundabouts, yeah. So we've had twelve years of Star Trek. By the time Voyager yeah, yeah. started, so in, in twenty average episodes due to writers' strikes. So what have we got? To, how many hundred episodes? Got several hundred episodes. By so it knows it's yeah. coming into a big franchise. If you don't like Star Trek, why join it? You would think so. I mean, obviously, the money's probably the answer, but... Well, it is that, but you know what you're getting into. Well, yeah, and it's, so sometimes I feel like he's maybe not trying in certain scenes. Yeah. But like you say, sometimes it's the dialogue they give him that, you know, it'd take an amazing actor to be able to pull it off, but it it just seems so silly, this sequence. You know, the fox said, no, I'll sting you. He's almost channeling Shatner. But anyway, I, I just think... You know, I don't like it. I get the point he's trying to make. Yeah. But it is this stupid thing that this advisor told him that, you know, Chakotay is going to have all this wisdom and he's always going to call on these little stories. And his spirit guides. Oh, and... the spirit guide. And, and the, see, you wonder why I'm not the biggest fan. The, the one where he goes boxing, that is just... <laughs> oh, just let me get back in the ring. That's a, a shout out to our friends at the Star Trek Wars podcast who have that as one of their sound bites just about every episode. The big fans of Chakotay over there as well. Um, going on to what we learn about the Star Trek universe then. So we've talked about the assimilation tubes and you start to get this idea with the Doctor about using antivirals to fight the Borg. And yeah, well, adapting the, their own technology to fight which them. Which goes right back to Best of Both Worlds Part 1, where Shelby was talking about using nanites yeah. and, and uh, yeah, Crusher as well, and everyone were talking about it. So, you know, it's something, again, that we're, we're pulling from the previous mythology. The bog ships that we see in the Armada looked very small compared to the big ones that we've seen before. You know, when they fly past Voyager, Voyager looks bigger against these ships than the Enterprise D did against the, yeah, the main um, cube. And, you know, I'm not saying that's a, a continuity error or anything. I just think it's showing a different size of ship that we've not... Possibly. ...we've not encountered before. And then... The other side of it is we've got Species 8472, which I have to say, for early naughty CGI, I think are pretty good. It's like, obviously we've just watched this and it does stand up still, does the... Yeah, and the used, in terms of how they show them on screen, they do it cleverly, they do it where it's dark, they do it in corridors, yeah. it's not in full lighting, and you can get away with a little bit more with your yeah, special effects if you do but it. But it does work, does the CGI. The CGI stands yeah, up. Yeah, I like it, and it's 
it is a species that we've not seen anything like it in Star Trek. No, before. we haven't. It's, a, it's something new, and like it's one of these species I wish they'd looked at more. Yeah. in Voyager. Yes, they, they do only appear twice. Often. They only appear two, two more times. Yeah. So yeah, it is. It's a shame because they, and we'll talk about this a bit as we move sort of on to episode two. Like I wonder how much of the direction of this changed in between seasons. Like whether eight four seven two were meant to be a much bigger villain, and then they turned it down in the well, second half, or um, I wonder with them being a CGI villain, uh, if it was it basically just a cost thing. It could well be because yeah. see, like was like was, I said, it this was two thousand, so nineteen years ago, and CGI has moved on a long, long way since. Oh yeah, then I mean now uh, pretty much every TV show can do it, whereas yeah. it was rare. It was it was rare to have a major character that was CGI. Now it wouldn't be a problem, but back then, I I imagine this was a huge uh, budget. Yeah, oh, it, it will have been because there is some uh, fairly mild episodes following this one yeah yeah where there's not a lot of effects so you can see that they've used a lot of budget in this yeah absolutely and the, there's a weird line from Tuvok which is he says the Breen use organic based vessels yeah now that doesn't look to be the case when we see Breen ships in DS9 no. I'd maybe have to check when this episode was broadcast because you only see Breen ships very late on DS9. Yeah. I've, so if this went out before, I've, maybe... I've got a feeling this would go out after DS9 finished. Maybe DS9 so. started in 92, finished in 99. Yeah, so... And this was right, broadcast yeah. in 2000, so... Yeah, so they should have... Well, actually, was I don't know when... If it's part one, might have been 99. Maybe so. But it's definitely after we've first seen the Breen. So it's, it's either a weird line from Tuvok or DS9 haven't done the homework when they've des- designed the ships. But it just seems... No, this is... No, because this is after DS9. Yeah. So, so it's, it, it's, it's the Voyager writers not doing the homework yeah. then. Um, 8472 themselves, they say they've got a highly advanced immune system, which is why they can combat the Borg. So this is a threat unlike any the Borg have seen before, which is interesting. And they're presented as very, very sort of evil in this episode. They basically Aggressive. want to wipe out yeah. everything. They've yeah. had enough. So that's pretty much it for part one. I mean, were there any, other than what we've talked about, any other highlights you had? Uh, I'd... Uh, I, I like how we've got the Doctor is pretty good at how he's solving the problem and problem solving. Yeah. Now, I like the Doctor. I think the Doctor's the a great Doctor's character. The brilliant. I think he's the best character in Voyager he by, is. by a long yeah. shot. And he was from day one. He was, yeah. he was quite well developed even in the early days. I like the visual of the way the Borg bodies are stacked. And it almost looks ritualistic kind yes. of thing. Yeah, and that made me wonder, like, why 8472 have taken the time to stack them like that? Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it looks cool and it looks scary, so that's alright. Another low light for me is the Leonardo da Vinci stuff. And in this case, it's definitely not the actors. John Rhys Davis is great. Yeah. I just, I don't get it. I don't see what the point is. It's just all 
so silly. Yeah, it's and it, it just it, it just seems wasting such a good actor actor yeah, in and, nothing. And he comes role. back and plays it a few times he as does, well. Yeah, he is a recurring holograph. You know, I don't want to well, get. At least you don't have a love affair with him. That's this true. Time no. and alter his programming. No, that's later. Um, and I don't want to get too into this because it could get icky, but. I'm not quite sure what that hand he shows her at the beginnings for, that automated hand that he's building. Well, no, he says it's... Because um, it's moving and he says, blacksmiths will thank me throughout oh, the ages. Oh, blacksmiths will, And okay. it's literally so it'll hammer. Right, I missed that it, then. It, and it's literally an automated uh, blacksmith sound that he's right. doing. And it, and oh, it, that's, that's what he says it's for. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and and we'll for the see. age that, that he'd be in, that does make a lot of sense. Go on, I'll, I'll give him that one. It looks like... Uh, mm, Something that he might be using for his own gratification. <laughs> no, it's but for, anyway. It's for hammering. For hammering. Okay. Yeah. And that is said in the episode. I'll let that one go then. So let's move on to part two. So we've already said then that we think Voyager generally does quite well with the second parts. And I think this one's a really good example of that. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. It like I've just watched this on Netflix and it's quite nice watching it on Netflix because mm. there's not really a break between the two like no, you normally get it, it, straight it, it, into it, it yeah. goes straight into it it skips the in like the titles yeah yeah which is quite nice yeah it's quite that it, is the good thing about and it and streaming. it does and it does play as a full movie yeah and this is the thing I realised the other day how lazy streaming makes you. Cause, um, we we rewatched Buffy recently on Amazon Prime, and we were like, "Oh, Angel will be on there as well," but it's not. So I had to get my DVDs out, and I've got to change the disc after four episodes. It's like shocking. I know, and I've I've got to, when the credits come on, I've got to go back to the menu. I've got to pick the next episode. Yeah, I've got to press like... it. But it's amazing how quickly we've got accustomed yeah. to streaming yeah. now. It's like. I've very rarely watched titles. I maybe watch titles once to see what yeah, you like, because I do like some titles. And to be fair, some titles you do watch every yeah, time. You do. Because they change them every time. Yeah. Which is slightly different. And the the Voyager titles, I don't watch them every time, so they're very long. But they're really nice. And the, well, they the were actually they were the first um, CGI titles. Right. Yeah, that doesn't That were ever done. So, so like, even though throughout filming, filming of the whole series, they had a a miniature build of Voyager and he used that for filming yeah. a lot of the time the actual titles were done CGI right and uh, yeah I suppose you can see that with some of the angles yeah, that they do with the ship and things it's, I believe really Voyager started in 97 yeah so for 97 it was That's very very the good the CGI so. is really out there and it it does stand up and some of the effects they have on like where, where they pl- pass the planet with the rings and with the yeah, ice with and stuff are just incredible yeah but on to the story of this one then. So Janeway makes a deal with the Borg and the Borg straight away want to assimilate Janeway into yeah, and they... put transistors in their heads and this is what leads them to say we're going to have a representative. Yeah, you did it with Locutus. Which I think that's really good how it calls back to the continuity. Yeah. It's, you've done it before, why can't you give us a representative now? Have one voice. And they do. And happily for the viewers, they pick... You may not be able to see it with all the makeup on at this stage, but they pick a particularly attractive female yeah. drone to be the the liaison. And effectively, what this leads to is 
Voyager are the only ones who can make or can help them make this weapon. Yeah. That the Borg want to make a weapon of mass destruction, basically. Whereas... Yeah, the Borg want the weapon to defeat 8472, and Janeway goes, we will give you the technology once we pass your space. Yeah. And the deal is that we'll work on the technology as we travel. As you're escorting us through and everything, yeah. And, like, this, like, at the time we hadn't, like, we had seen Transwarp a little bit in descent yeah but later on we find out that the borg have transwarp conduits all over the delta quadrant yeah and can move very very quickly anywhere so why the hell they didn't go okay and just go straight into a transwarp conduit take them straight through and go right technology thanks yeah that's a fair point i know it'd have cut the story very very short but when you look after seeing the rest of voyager where this is established. I think it's just one of them cases of they'd not thought of it yet. So, <laughs> yeah, but you, you know what I mean. No, it's when, right. you, it, when you look back at the whole continuity, it's like why didn't it just take? Okay. And if it was, and if Janeway had known about the transwarp technology, she could have said, "You send us back to the Federation, yeah, and we'll give you this weapon, and yeah. that's the deal." Which would have been a better deal. But you do see though that the Borg, they're a bit reluctant. You know, they're wanting to assimilate them a bit and stuff, but. They do sacrifice a Borg cube to save Voyager at one point. Yeah. So they are taking the deal seriously. Well, they realise that if... Well, Seven of Nine says that they estimate the war will be over in a, a month or something, which yeah. I think... like I think this is very strange for the Borg to say that it'll be over in a month for... I can't remember exactly what it says, but I know it says a yeah. month. Why is she using months? Why aren't she going, it'll be over in... 47 days or... Oh, however, yeah, however the Borg measure time. I don't... I mean, maybe... Be, yeah, if we're going to give... Because the month's a very unspecific amount... That's true, time scale Because it can be... It could be February. 20, it could be 28, 29, 30 or 31 days. <laughs> yeah, if it's a leap year, it's a space leap year. <laughs> but, you, no, but a month isn't a yeah, very precise measurement of time. That's a really good point. I don't think we ever get this answered in Star Trek. We use star dates. Yeah. But they don't tell us what the name is for one unit of a star date. Yeah, it's you never. Know, it's always point six, but it's like point six watts. Yeah, and what the unit is. That's an interesting one. I bet. I bet Michael Akuda knows. I think it is. I think knows. it's on actually one of my websites that I use. Yeah, I bet I the, it'll be I out can, there. I can find it out because I do know for a fact from TNG. In the original series, the star dates are, are very random. Oh yeah, so, they just made them up. Yeah, but from TNG, they actually. Do go in sequence. Yeah, it's it's four. Four was always at the start, but then it was the number of the season. Yeah, and then obviously that went to season seven, and DS Nine carried it on, and they get up at DS Nine Voyager get into the five something something yeah. things. Yeah, and then the JJ Abrams films and Discovery seem to be using whatever the calendar year is as yeah. part of the thing, but. At the end of the day, there's no, <laughs> there's no real answer to it. But yeah, um, so yeah, maybe she says months. If we're going to give them a pass on this one, we could say because she's the liaison, she's speaking in terms they might understand. Yeah, well, we could. Well, I think a month one. is a very imprecise measurement of time, especially for the Borg. You think the yeah. Borg would be? She could have said, "We'll give you a month." Yeah, but it's February in a non-leap year, <laughs> so twenty-eight days. Um. Janeway okay, ends... I'm just, I'm just picking. <laughs> <laughs> Janeway ends up in a coma, which puts Chakotay in charge. Now, this is... 
this is a good in terms of drama development because we had the friction between them in the last one. Yeah. And they had different ideas about how to pursue it, and now the drama manifests a situation that gives Chicote his crack at it. Yeah. And like Janeway does ask him when she's in sick bay, like she ends up in the coma because the ball cube sacrificed yeah. itself to save Voyager. And the beam over like their section that they're working in. Yeah. There are a number of drones. But Janeway does say to Jacoti, make it work. Yes, she does, that's true. But he sort of follows his own agenda, his own initiative and everything. He basically wants to get rid of them. Yeah. He's had enough. We'll drop them off at the nearest planet and we'll take his chances and we're off. And this all leads to... They end up in this fluidic space. They realise that the Borg actually started the war with Species 8472. And then... After they fight off Species 8472, the Borg betray them and try and... Basically, they're after wiping out all of 8472 and assimilating Voyager. Well, this is before they meet going to fluidic space. You have the Borg trying to assimilate Voyager. Yeah. And Jakoti, he keeps up with his threat that I will open the cargo bay door and push her out into space. And he does. And And he does. Leaves (laughs) leaves just seven, yeah. And seven only just manages to hold on. Yeah. Fortunately, otherwise, we wouldn't have had Jerry Ryan for four years. And ultimately, they end up escaping from... Uh, the fluidic space and Seven's free from the collective at the end. She have that thing that Chakotay does. And yeah, which is why it's called Scorpion. Yeah, go, referring well, back to the story and, yeah. and giving the episode its title in the same time. And then I like that because that shows that Janeway and Chakotay have reached some sort yeah, of compromise. You, and, and what's very unique about this in Star Trek is that it's actually a surprise what Jakoti's doing. They haven't ruined the yeah, surprise. Yeah, they do, yeah. Because Star Trek is awful at ruining surprises. <laughs> it's very true, yeah. <laughs> and it's not always the show's fault. Sometimes the internet figures things out no, quicker than they would do, like. No, but, but you do get it in shows where yeah, they do. they do. And, and we talked about this in some of the Picard episodes. Yeah, with the villain reveals yeah. being very early in the episode, so... But yeah, there's no hint here that they've made a deal of what they're doing stage as to what's going to happen. And I like that. That's good. So looking at the characters then, we first meet Seven of Nine. And there's not an enormous amount from this episode because at this stage she's still a drone. It's she's the still start a, of her journey. Yeah, she's still a drone. Um, they've separated, they've separated from the collective and the Doctor's stat. As the, doc- the doctor starts removing bits, yeah. The last point. scene of the episode is her on a, a bio bed, and yeah, it, the start in the process. And even given that, there's some great stuff with her. Like I love the way Jerry Ryan plays her here. She's really intimidating. She I, like we don't see it in this episode, but we see it like from the next episode where they put her in the jumpsuit. Mm. And Star Trek are really guilty of this. We've uh, really good looking women that they put them in a figure hugging jumpsuit to show off the figure yeah and it distracts from the acting they do it really does because Seven is and I know that it, CBS did it deliberately Jerry Ryan was brought in for a look oh yeah there was no the, they, didn't, they didn't make any the edict was we want a bog babe is yeah. what they said yeah and that's what they got but yeah but they also got Jerry Ryan who is a very good actress <laughs> yes yeah. and I think some of the I think like putting her in the jumpsuit is does uh, take away from her acting. It does, and it. I mean, the the stupid thing is, you know, 
when you've got women like Jerry Ryan, Marina Sirtis, they are not going to look unattractive in a uniform, you know? Well, I think Marina's the prime example. I've always thought Marina's looked much better after season six. Yeah. End of season five. Where she starts Where where Jericho puts her in a uniform. And And she looks far better. And, you know, you won't get many DS9 fans who tell you that Dax wasn't attractive because she wore a uniform the whole time, or Kira for that matter, you know. But, yeah, I mean, it's clearly... The reasons for them doing it are obvious. They want to boost ratings. They've put an attractive yeah. woman in there. And it was done for that. It was. And CBS haven't lied about it ever. No, no, not at all. It's no secret. The good thing is, Seven as a character does give the Voyager writers a bit more impetus. And yeah, I think over the years we get far too many Seven episodes. But she is a new element and she is an interesting yeah. element. And there's a lot of good stuff that's There's gonna, an interesting journey that she her. goes on. And we do get little bits of it here, like um, she has a, even as a bog drone, she says that she doesn't think the alliance with a human's going to work because they question too many things. Yeah. And she, we find out that through Chakotay doing his link with her, that she retains memories of her childhood. And that's something that's never been that clear with the bog, is how much do they retain? Yeah, and, and it's like, She's retained it, but it, it's not... Yeah, she doesn't revel in it. She yeah, it's like she knows who she was, but she rep- operates as a bog. Yeah, exactly. Which I think I think yeah, we, we come up with that in Family, where Picard is aware of what, what he was What's doing, on, yeah. but he couldn't control it. Yeah, true. And we also find out her name was Annika, yeah. which we, we're going to get a lot more about her backstory next week when we look at Raven. Yeah. And then Janeway again gets some good stuff in this episode. Like, I like how confident she is dealing with the Borg because as a Starfleet captain, that must be the most frightening thing that can happen to your ship is you encounter the Borg. Yeah. But she goes, she get well, she doesn't go over to their ship. She gets abducted over to their ship, but she still stands the ground and yeah. is very, very forceful, yeah. very commanding. Yeah, this is early Borg and, like, we'll, we'll look at late, later Voyager episodes at some point yeah with the bargain they do become a villain of the week and Janeway becomes arrogant how she deals with yeah, them and it just becomes too easy yeah they got Voyager ruined the bog in the end certainly in the later ones yeah and hopefully the new Picard series will give them a bit of that menace back yeah and- or do something completely new with them, well, which I'm happy to watch as well, you know. Yeah, we might be going in a completely different direct... Like, we all think it's going to have a lot to do with the Borg, because we've got you, Seven and Nine, we know there's a Borg cube. Yeah. And these could all just be red herrings. They could be, I mean... The, the that, things that are in the trailer, all we're seeing is two minutes of, um, is it ten episodes? Something like that, So we've got yeah. ten hours, and we're seeing two minutes of it. Oh, yeah, I mean, that first trailer definitely played up the Borg aspect yeah. of it but it may not be as big a part as we think so anyway that's going to make our exploration of the Borg a bit redundant but you know well, what no. it's been fun it, looking it's at fun, it regardless it's, it's fun doing it and all we can do is we're doing the road to Picard we've got two minutes of trailer and we're looking at what we've seen in the yeah, trailer exactly because they all it going to be in Picard yeah, oh yeah we know they're definitely there yeah. <laughs> how much they'll be and there and it's also them. we are looking at the people there yeah. so and then Janeway then 
she decides to give Seven a chance to regain a humanity, yeah. which is exactly what we'd expect from a Starfleet captain, yeah. and that's good. Chakotay, we get a couple of little bits, like we talked about briefly. Once he's in charge, he goes back to what his plan was. Yeah. And I can I can see why he does it. because I can see why he does it, but he also disobeys a direct order. He does, but... And he even says it was one of the hardest things he had to do was disobey you. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean, he does what he believes is right, which is what an acting captain should yeah. be doing. And like the Borg were changing the parameters of the deal, they wanted them to go back into yeah, Borg yeah. space instead of carrying on through Borg space. It's no. <laughs> and this is another thing where I think Voyager doesn't follow up enough on on character conflict because. This should drive some sort of a wedge between Chakotay yeah. and Janeway. Yeah, it should. But it doesn't. And we get it again in Equinox. Um, they have a big sort of fallout in that episode. I think she even sends him to the brig. I mean, yeah. she, she pretends she has in this episode, but hasn't. Uh, but I think in Equinox, she actually does. Yeah. And they still don't yeah, there's very, follow up on yeah, it. Yeah, it, it did. It got through. Voyager is too much, has gone back to life for the syndication. Right, I think I see. We all talk about DS9, how good it was with its storytelling and the story arcs and continuous and mm. like six, seven, eight, nine part of stories. Yeah, yeah. But CBS wasn't happy with that at the time, no, to be they fair. Weren't. So they've gone back to like what you'd normally get for syndication, where these are the pit characters, and we've talked about this with TNG. Here's the characters you're used to, yeah, and you can watch any episode. Yeah, that's what they're doing, and, and I'm not criticising that in and of yeah. itself. But and DS9 was just like 20 years ahead of its time. Yeah, when it, did. it does just feel like a missed opportunity sometimes. Yeah, it does. But it, it, it does with Voyage when you look back at it. But it's not necessarily the fault of the writers or anything. If they're being told you've no. got to do it this yeah. way. And then... I think it's very much that it was for syndication and yeah. standalone episodes. We'll let you have your two-parters. Because Voyager didn't just have season finale two parts, no, they had mid season, mid season two yeah, parts. There were some really good ones yeah. as well. Um, looking at the universe, then a lot of it's just building on what we've already got about the Borg. But it's interesting that they do seem willing to make a deal, at least at first. It turns out they're they're going to renege on it, but yeah, but that is an element to the Borg that we've just never really seen no we haven't before. seen but they have something that the Borg that need because the Borg are off to be beaten and they're aware that they can't do it themselves yeah, yeah. which is uh, and like we'll just thing. assimilate you and take the technology the Doctor will delete himself immediately you start trying that that's it and yeah. it'll be gone <laughs> and that's quite funny when she first says we'll delete you but don't worry we won't after he goes I'll delete myself at the first sign of trouble yeah. well maybe not the first sign <laughs> yeah and um, fluidic space, I think, is a new concept for Star Trek. That's, yeah, um, uh, this is always fluidic space. Is it water? Or, yeah, well, because fluids, well, fluid. It, it, we know what we. But yeah, I mean, it could be plasma. It could be. Yeah. But, well, plasma's very hot. We'd, that's established from ah, the true, plasma yeah. storms. So. They don't really sort because of, they say, is it a parallel universe? Is it a, another dimension? Is it bloody yeah, black? So like never really. Never really answer it. No, so. and because we do only get like two more stories with species eight four seven two, it isn't fully explored. Yeah, we and... don't spend a lot of time. But it's, it, again, though, it's an interesting concept, even if it's not 
sort of borne out as much as it could be. There's also something really cool at the end that I liked, which is uh, Janeway is writing her captain's log on the holodeck using a quill. Yeah. And that... I'd never picked up on that before, but I just thought, oh, that's cool. I mean, we have technology like that now where you can... I mean, it's not paper, it's a, a screen that approximates yeah. paper, but you can write stuff on a bit and then your computer will translate that into a type document yeah. and it'll do it all through the cloud. And So I think that's really cool, the idea that a captain's like, I've had a stressful day, I'm off to sit want, somewhere really I, nice. And I want to get away from all the technology. Yeah, I'm off but, into my comfort zone with Leonardo da Vinci and I'm going to write it out longhand. Yeah. And I, I just Blacksmith's hammer uh, sex toy. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, hopefully that won't watch you were there for. But mind, you never know. Well, we, Jane Way does have a history with holidays. She does indeed. <laughs> well, she's the captain. She can't fraternise with the crew unless it's Chakoti. On a planet when we, we left there. And the monkey was involved. Probably not involved in the <laughs> stuff we're talking about, but the monkey was there. So I just like that. I just think it's a nice touch. Uh, any other highlights of this one? Um, I like I have a... Uh, Seven of Nine insisting that she's returned to the Borg. Yeah. And, like, we're dealing with somebody here, like, with Jean-Luc Picard, when he was rescued from the Borg. Because that's, like, when they're talking about the no people who've been rescued from the Borg before. Yeah. They're referring to Jean-Luc of Picard. Course. yeah, there's... But it was only with the Borg for a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. So he didn't have a lot, but she's been with the Borg since she was a... A young girl, yeah. Absolutely. Was she six, seven year old? Oh, very, she very young. I mean, again, we'll we'll it dig into that get... more next week. But yeah, but, so she's and she's never known anything else. No, for twenty years she's been a bog. Yeah, and this is what she is used to being a bog. She has been taken from her people, and I think you can justify your point of view of it. Return me to the bog. She feels like she's been abducted here. Yeah, absolutely, and. And it is, you know, we, we've we criticised Voyager a bit for not having long-form storytelling, but they do do that with Seven, to give them the due. Yeah, like, Seven has a great story it, arc throughout like the whole... next week she's completely integrated and we never touch on it again. It no. Is, it is well, we'll talk, we're going to talk about but, uh, Seven's transformation next yeah. week. So, a lot yeah, more. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll sort of put a pin on that one for now and we'll yeah. come back to it a lot more next time. Um. Again, a minor nitpick I had is there's a bit where it shows the Borg talking to Seven and the sort of, it shows the collective speaking to Seven and the sort of talking back and forth. And I get that it's completely necessary from a storytelling point of view because we, the audience, need to be privy to this conversation. But from what we know of the Borg... It wouldn't happen like that. It well, would just, it'd just be, be in her mind. The Borg would think it, and she would know it. Yeah, and that'd be that. But so it's a really minor thing, and I understand yeah, why it's but, done. Yeah, so. but I do like that when the same thing is saying, uh, "We need you to do so and so, so and so," and she said, "Yeah, we understand." Yes, that's true. And yeah, she keeps it as we, <laughs> same we instead of I. Yeah, because obviously that was the big thing with Hugh, wasn't it? When yeah. it changed. So yeah, I. Overall, and she was an adolescent. Hugh again is an adolescent. Yes, yeah, and we don't know how long he's been a Borg. No, we have to assume that. But even as an adolescent, now he hasn't been. And he doesn't. He doesn't get disconnected in the way that Seven has been disconnected. No. He's disconnected briefly and then does rejoin. Whereas Seven is. Yeah, but even when they have Hugh, 
we like adolescent. I'm assuming a teenager. Ah, uh, yeah, I would guess so. So we've got to assume that. He, but seven is a grown woman who's been a yeah. bog. No, absolutely. And yeah, we'll get into that a bit more next week when we look at it. So overall, I think Scorpion's a really strong bog story, a really strong Voyager story. Yeah, yeah. introduce a new character. And we're going to continue looking at that with um, The Gift and Raven next time. So um, if you want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter at RetrekPod. We're on email, retrekpod at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook. If you search for Retrek, you'll find our group. And if you happen to be at the Sci-Fi Weekender um, this coming weekend, we'll be there in person. You might not get a lot of sense out of us, depending might on what, not time, recognize us. what time you catch us. But you might not recognise us. <laughs> possibly not, but we will be there. So thank you for trekking with us this time, and we'll see you next time on the Retrek. Thank you. Bye-bye.